Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. How are you? It's Trina Mara. So in the news this week, we have seen the eighth Irish person who has undergone surgery in Turkey, cosmetic surgery, has sadly passed away. And just hearing so much of this lately, people going to Turkey for the surgery and it going wrong. And Mr. John Curran is here, consultant plastic surgeon from a new me medical clinic in Cork to talk about this. So, John, I mean, what's, what's going so very wrong in Turkey? Hi, Trina. Thanks for having me. Well, first thing is to say it's tragic. Condolences to the family of the poor lady who, who passed away after having a surgery in Turkey from what I understand. I don't know any of the details from, from what happened with her so I can't really comment in detail. I think probably the message for me and from the plastic surgery community in Ireland would be that people should be very, very careful before making the decision to head off abroad for plastic surgery operations. There's a lot of reasons why people should be careful about that and I can go through some of them now with you if you wish. Yeah, please do, please do. Sure. So having an elective cosmetic or plastic surgery operation is a very big decision that should not be taken lightly by anyone. And doctors have a responsibility to make sure that their patients are properly consented for these procedures. And that doesn't just mean signing a form or a document. Consenting a a person for an operation like this is something that needs to be done very carefully without any rush and without any pressure. Patients need to have the opportunity to consider the information that they've been given and to think about it, to discuss it with other people in their lives who can help them make a decision. They should be given that time and usually, nearly always, consenting a patient for operations, cosmetic surgery operations should happen over at least two visits with the surgeon specifically who is going to do the actual surgery. So in a lot of the points that I've just made there, it's just not possible for those sort of standards to be met for patients who are heading off abroad. Yeah. Uh, often they'll have you know, potentially not even met the surgeon who's doing their surgery. Often the consenting process may not be done by the surgeon who, who's actually doing the surgery. Often they may have only had one interaction with the surgeon or the clinic or representatives of that clinic or hospital where the surgery is happening. They won't necessarily have had the requisite amount of time to think about everything before they make a final decision. They frequently won't have had the opportunity to meet with the surgeon or, or the, the hospital representatives more than once. And that's before we get into, you know, any of the detail, the technicalities around having surgery abroad, yeah. um, the time it takes to recover, the journey home, the idea of aftercare, what yeah. might happen if you run into a problem and so on and so on. There's just so much to think about, really. I read a story yeah. about um, a girl. She did survive her surgery, but she co- she says her life has been ruined since she had it done in Turkey. Uh, she came back with a botched surgery. The surgeon that she met wasn't actually the surgeon who did the surgery. So sometimes they come yeah. over to Ireland to sell this package and you think and you, you yeah. trust the person that you've met and you've discussed it with them. But then when you get there, it's somebody else completely doing the surgery. And I yeah, guess in Turkey, Turkey, Turkey's not in Europe now. So I guess there's certain standards like it might not fall underneath the European standards. Correct. So it's, it's difficult to be able to confirm the standard at which, you know, the surgeon, the hospital, you know, the whole thing is, is, is following. I'm sure there are operators out there and hospitals out there that are absolutely the way they should be. But I'm sure there's other operators in the market out there who potentially aren't. Mm. Um, and how would, you know, how would an Irish 
patient considering you know going there for a procedure know the difference you know it'd be very very difficult to be able to tell as you said it's not in the eu standards are different the language is different it's far away the training system is different i wouldn't be able to tell necessarily and i'm you know i'm a plastic surgeon so you know there's a whole long list of of reasons why people need to be really careful i don't think it's fair to say that you know necessarily you know everything that happens surgically in turkey is wrong or bad or not done properly i don't think that's appropriate to say but this is you know it's commercial market you know they're in this for profit absolutely and and you know what i've noticed actually in the last few days john is um even on my phone it must be because i've been talking about it to people Mm. that the amount of pop-up ads that i'm now getting for various you know mommy makeovers tummy tucks all these all-inclusive deals in turkey like two grand for the whole lot including your five-star hotel and your flights and everything presumably that's what's attracting people is the cost they can do it on the cheap of course go to turkey of course Mm. so cost is is obviously a really important consideration and it's true to say that undergoing some of these surgeries in ireland is an expensive thing to do and there's a lot of reasons for that one of the reasons of course is that the price that you would pay here in ireland will recognize or account for the potential that the patient has post-operative needs or complications or issues that need to be dealt with. Yeah, and there's somebody Um, there at the end of a phone or in the same city maybe as you're living that you can go back to that night. Yeah, So, you know, once you leave Turkey or wherever you might be and you're on that plane home, yeah, you know, you can call them or email them, but, you know, they can't help you if there's a problem. And people need to understand that Having minor glitches or issues after cosmetic surgery operations, that's not that unusual. That's why we have dressing clinics. That's why we have nurses. That's why we have people who answer the phone. Mm-hmm. That's why anyone who has a surgery, you know, under my care or the care of, of my colleagues will have contact details, what to do if, you know, this happens or that happens. That's obviously not available to them if they yeah. have surgery thousands of miles away. And I'm sure, John, when you're, when, you're, when you're talking through to patients, they need to have realistic expectations as well. There is going to be pain with any kind of a surgery that's going to be pain. But, but the pain that we're hearing about that some of these patients have gone through in Turkey, like it's, it's changed their lives. They're coming back home to Ireland and they're presumably going to places like yourself and other clinics looking to be fixed. It must be difficult for you as well, because how do you know what work has been done over in Turkey? You probably don't know what they've actually done with somebody. Precisely. And it makes it all the more difficult. In a way, it's a bit unfair on, on the services and on the acute surgical services in our, in our hospital system for, you know, when people turn up having had something done, but with very little detail to offer. People will be looked after, by the way, but it's very difficult. Um, and it you know takes away from resources that are clearly already stretched. And just you pointed out the thing about pain. I think, you know, obviously if someone's having a problem after surgery, then pain's going to be part of that. I think a big part of it also, though, is the real psychological sort of distress that patients might be experiencing if they've had something done in Turkey or wherever else, they end up back home, there's a problem. Now they feel potentially very, very isolated and, you know, afraid and rightly so. And that, you know, I think that would have a big contribution to the pain that you described. Are you hearing, John, and experiencing a lot of people more recently, I suppose, coming forward saying, I have my surgery done abroad and this has now happened. I'm presented with this problem. Are you seeing more and more of that? So that happens. That's not something that I deal with that mm. frequently. Um, yeah. People turn up to the, the acute hospital system 
them to the emergency room and so on to the A&E department with those kind of issues. So that's not specific to my practice, but that, yeah, that is happening. Like that is a problem. But I mean, sadly, you know, I don't know, you know, you mentioned there's a seven or eight poor people, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, that, you know, I I don't know what the system, the situation with each of those was, you know, could they even make it to a hospital or or whatever. But yeah, I'm aware of of patients who are turning up kind of crisis situations in the big hospitals for sure. Would there be a high level of deaths in Ireland when people undergo cosmetic surgery? You know, numbers that we maybe don't hear of in Ireland. Because anyone listening no. to this who's determined to go to Turkey say, oh, you'd get, you could, you could have that risk anywhere. There's not. Okay. Well, look, the reality is that cosmetic plastic surgery comes with risk. Yeah. Okay. So that's just a given. And the job of a proper, well-trained, fully accredited surgeon and the team that she or he works with is to mitigate those risks as much as possible so they get as close to zero as possible. But the truth is there's none of these interventions that don't come with some element of risk. But no, of course, you know, deaths in this scenario are are exceptionally rare and rightly so. Um, So, you know, that's not a, a thing. But risk is real. And the job in consenting patients is that they understand all of the risks completely and that they make mature decisions on the basis of that information. I just think sometimes, you know, the language barrier and everything, you'd wonder, do people really know? Uh, I've read about, you know, people who've had the problems and then when they've gone back to say the surgery was botched, they've been told, well, you signed the consent form, so there's nothing we can do to help you. Presumably then travelling, going on a plane, things like that, you know, soon after your surgery is just so dangerous. Not ideal at all. You know, there's lots of reasons why that's not ideal. There's a couple of very obvious ones. You know, what it's like going to an airport, walking miles and miles, having a bag in your back, waiting around, mm. late flights, you know, all that goes with it. Can you imagine doing that with a surgical wound that might be six or seven or eight days old? Then also, the, another obvious one is the risk of blood clots. Deep venous thrombosis is something that can be associated with flying anyway. So is surgery. Um, add flying and surgery and that definitely must be a risk and then deep venous thrombosis a clot in a deep vein for example in your thigh or your groin or your calf blood clot like that dislodges and ends up travelling in your system which can cause a, a very dangerous condition called pulmonary embolus which is a clot in the lung and that can be extremely serious so there's two obvious ones there's a long list of reasons yeah, why I don't sepsis, think travelling lots, lots of different things. like that is a good idea yeah yeah okay all right. Well, I mean, I hope I hope that somebody listening today who may be thinking about going to Turkey, let's just hope it might make them think twice about it. And if you are going to go ahead and get your, your surgery done, that you go to somebody who's very respected, I would say, go to Ireland. You know, you need these people to be on your doorstep, um, in my opinion. Thank you very much for that information yep. today. There is a Mr. John Curran, consultant plastic surgeon, at a new me medical clinic in Cork. You're very good for coming on. Thanks so much. It's Ireland's Class Kids Radio.